What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, the other day I did an interview for someone who had applied to be in our passive income mastermind. And to be honest, I was super inspired by this guy's lifestyle. He had been able to leave his full-time job, I think like five or six years prior. And he had built a stream of income that was, I don't know, four or five, six times what he spent on a monthly basis through all of these different investments that were as passive as you could be, right? We know that nothing's passive, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm just making sure you listen to me. I didn't want to be on a, just <laughs> a solo you. podcast here. I thought you were participating. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was sitting there and I was listening to him and he said, you know, the key is, is that I don't want to invest or do anything that's going to take any of that time that I have gained back away. And, and I said, well, well, tell me what your day looks like. He goes, it looks like whatever I want to do. I have no job. I have no daily, weekly, monthly requirements outside of my family obligations. And I was, I found myself coveting that. Like I know as believers, we're not to covet, <laughs> but I found myself coveting that because there's so many things that we have done that have created tons of fruit, right? Like in our, in our companies that ha have produced amazing, you know, opportunities for us and others. And the passive income report we're going to share today, it, there's a lot of that. It's just amazing, but still a lot of those things require time and effort. And if there's one thing that I was envious of this guy's situation, I mean, I, not to say there wasn't other things, I don't know, but the one thing I zeroed in on, is the fact that he had 100% of his time, 100% of time to do whatever he wanted. And that's the thing I would call to you and me to think about as we enter into the final month and then the beginning of next year is how do we not only increase the passive income, but even if we don't increase it, we decrease the level of time we're spending and everything else. Uh, it, you're, you hit the nail on the head, Russ, as I have spoken with so many of our inner circle members and passive income mastermind members in the last year, the theme is time. It's not about money. It's not about the strategies. It's not about you know uh, this particular investment or that investment. It's ultimately time. And you know what? I've seen people on all sorts of the spectrum. Some people are literally drowning at 100% of their time as somebody else's. And they don't know how to even start this journey, right? So they've started by educating themselves. They've started by dialing into this podcast. They've started by getting on a call with one of our coaches. And that's super exciting to me. It's inspiring because they're, they're taking action. 
Then there's other people that have gotten halfway through. In fact, a guy I was talking to the other day, he's at 60% of his monthly expenses. He's a school teacher and he loves what he does, but he realizes that he is, he, this is his words. He's like, I want to do epic things with my kids while they're still young. And I thought that was awesome. Like to hear him say epic things, that means he's not putting up with what he has right now today what he's been given or what he thinks is his lid, right? He wants to, to press the boundaries of that. And he's like, how can I get there faster? I know what to do, but is there some way that I could shortchange that and make it faster? And so our whole conversation was all on strategy and also on like, man, we figured out a way that he may be able to do this within months, not years. That was awesome. And then at the opposite end of the spectrum, We've had conversations with at least two or three of our Passive Income Mentor members who said, I'm there. I've already gotten to this 100 to 200% of my monthly expenses with passive income. And you know what their biggest challenge was at that point? Right. What am I going to do with my time? What can, I, what can I still be useful to do? I want to be active. I want to have something to give impact on the world. And you know what? We've gotten to dream about things that they've never even thought about because they haven't had the unlock. They haven't been able to unlock that part of their brain because they've just done what they had to do to put food on the table, to pay for bills, to get the investments going. And now it's time to start dreaming about what are they actually meant to do? And man, just amazing things. So where are you at in that process? Right. I hope and pray, Russ and I hope and pray that that this report inspires you to take action and to figure out where you're at on that journey and to see it through to fruition. That's that's our goal, because we want you to have your time back and uh, it, hopefully you want it just as bad or worse than we do. Speaking of time, it's time to get into the podcast, bro. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome in tribe. This is the November 2022 report for Russ and I's passive income. And this is this is our, our opportunity to lead from the front. Like what, what are we doing? Not that you should do all the things that we're doing, but what are we doing that's working? What are we doing that's maybe struggling a little bit and maybe needs how some, does that change needs, the future? Needs help. Is it, <laughs> needs, an up, needs an upgrade, man. Like I <laughs> We talk a lot about the right next thing, and the bottom two categories is needs help and needs an upgrade. And I feel like there's a couple of things on this board that absolutely need help and upgrading. All right. So, Stallion, the, the passive income, though, is so important for us to personally think about because, hey, look, we run so many different businesses. Just like you, we get busy, and it's easy for us to not focus on 
building more passive income for ourselves. And it's once a month we get this opportunity to have public accountability. And I feel like this month as we're looking at this, there's some things that I'm, I wish I didn't have to talk about. I mean, to be honest, there's some, there's some numbers on here. Be like, why am I listening? To, why am I listening to you guys on building passive income when you guys are, you have losses in several categories here. So there's too much red on this. I will agree with you. Well, the, the thing about it is I, you know, I, I feel like there's so many opportunities for education. Nelson Nash, one of our mentors, used to talk about this time where he he owned this land and on this land, he owned it with multiple business partners and they were uh, approached at one point in time if they could use, if someone could use their land, have a lease on their land to put a cell phone tower up. And he's like, so we all voted on it, agreed. And every single year, forget the month, let's just pretend it was November. He said, I get this check in the mail for like $2,500. That was just my share of it. Not a lot of money, but it came in the mail every November. And he's like, you know, number of years went by. We all started getting older. So somebody approached us to buy out that lease, meaning they, they would buy for a lump sum the ability to then they, they received that cash flow at that point forward. And he said, yeah, you know, we all decided that'd be a good thing because we're getting older. We don't have to keep up with it if one of us died. So they sold it. He said, so I took that money. I went and bought silver with it, right? Because he's like, all my friends are telling me you need to be buying silver. You need to be buying gold. So he said, I did. I went and bought silver with it. And he goes, when November would come around, I'd get this stinking suspicion to go, man, this is about the time I would be getting that $2,500 check. So he said, I'd go look and see how much my silver had appreciated in value over that 12-month period of time. He goes, not only had it not appreciated in value, it had gone down in value. <laughs> and he's like, I, but here's the beauty of it. I would tell my wife constantly that that was an educational expense. And she said, what do you mean? He goes, because I teach people on things about money. And so I get a chance to tell this story and it, it's a part of my part of my <laughs> teaching curriculum. And I feel like Stallion, using Nelson as an example there, there's some teaching curriculum here for us. As I look down and I see our Ethereum miners, for instance, right? We, oh. we kind of ran the course with those. Those did really right. well for a long, long time and was producing a great amount of passive income on a monthly basis in the form of the, the token Ethereum. And then when Ethereum changed to proof of stake, we no longer could mine them. And we tried our tried to get a little extra out of them with Ethereum Classic for a couple months. And it looks like we, we lost $1,800 last month. And we we finally put them out of commission. November the 30th was the last day those those miners ran. And so that won't be a line item anymore. So no more bleeding for next month, but definitely an issue, in my opinion. What do you think? Well, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, this has been a really hot topic is what is happening with cryptocurrency. So I don't want to take the thunder from our interview with Bob Burnett, uh, Bitcoin Bob, as we call him. Uh, that That is coming out very soon if you haven't already seen it. And but yeah, we've learned some lessons in the crypto space and we're still investing in it, but not in the same way as far as using these miners for Ethereum purposes. So moving on from that, you you see that we did we do have a Bitcoin mining fund. 
and you might be able to take me out to lunch <laughs> with what we made last month on it. Yeah. So actually, as an update, uh, we are in a fund and our operator, we spoke with him. He said that we are we are not doing great at this price point. We're just we're just covering the cost of um, electricity, electricity. And that's a, that's not a good place to be. So we don't need to see Bitcoin drop any further. Right. Um, in fact, the whole thing about Bitcoin, and you've heard us talk about this in the past as related to what we did on our Ethereum miners, is there was a point where Ethereum dropped so low that it cost more to mine than it actually was producing. And I continued to mine during that time because it was a very insignificant amount. And I just was thinking, well, long term, this could pay for itself. And what happened is the price came back dramatically higher within a year or two. And it more than paid and made up for all those costs. That's kind of how I'm viewing this Bitcoin mining fund, Russ. Uh, do you have anything to add on that or any, any questions on that? I'm rooting for it to go up. Is that what you're asking for? <laughs> I'm, I'm just rooting. thinking like... Are you thinking that, hey, this is something we should be out of? Or are you thinking the same way I am is let's let's continue to invest in it, even if it's barely breaking even or, or what have you? Here, here's one of the educational things, right? I think you and I will keep doing things to learn to help you as you're listening to this podcast gain wisdom, right? Like if if it's working and you can see why it's working and we give you the feedback as to why we believe it's working or not working, that if that helps inform a decision that you are already thinking about as it related to your investor DNA, if it matched that and you were already considering it and just hearing our experiences, if that moves you one way or another, I think we're winning, right? Like we, we do this so much like to help you take the next step. We don't show our active incomes on here, right? Our active incomes make it where this is just fun money to some degree, but I, I do think, Joey, we've got to know that the decisions we make do impact the people listening. And I, I think it's hard for me to say in 2023 that I'm super excited about investing in any new crypto projects, Bitcoin projects, right? And I, I, I do want to distinguish the difference between cryptocurrency there's many different types of cryptocurrency, and I don't want to lump Bitcoin in there. Bitcoin, I believe, is far and above the standard of what all these other things play in. I just don't know. I, I feel like as I look at the top of the page, I see as the land flipping business, the thing that you and I started doing. What, well, hold on. Before, before we get into land, I got to mention one thing about okay. crypto. Okay. There is, there is one thing about crypto. We've been talking about it for a long time, but the utility of crypto by using the blockchain technology behind crypto is opening up doors. And right now I'm in the process of doing some initial due diligence on a project that allows you to buy real estate for as little as $50 because they fractionalize the ownership of that real estate on essentially a blockchain technology. This is super exciting to me because it brings together a physical asset with the technology that makes it more like brings down the barrier of entry of ownership. And so when were you going to tell stay, me about this deal? On that. Hey, I, I can't tell you all my secrets, Russ. Like, come on. 
I got well, I, I got well you need to bring them pocket. up on here so that I can like berate you about their their validity. Hey, you just you just wait till I bring it. You to say the house, I, right? here's what I don't like about what you said. You can do as little as fifty dollars. I don't like that. That's that doesn't make sense to me. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying you should do fifty dollars. I'm saying instead of the barrier of entry being, hey, I have to have sixty thousand dollars as a down payment on this thirty three hundred thousand dollar piece of property. I could get but, in for much less. But, but here, here, I'm going to go ahead. I'm gonna, I don't know anything about what you're talking about. I'm, and I'm going to pound it. And more so because I want to share a potential lesson, right? Okay. What I know, and you know too, is that people operating businesses have a cost to doing business. True? Yes. But in our mainline business, we, we help people set up infinite banking systems, right? Right. Yeah. And while we would love to help everybody in the world do that, there is a limit to the number of people we can serve, right? Yes, that's true. And so people will sometimes call us and say, okay, what, what's the amount I need to put in? Like, what's the minimum amount? What's the maximum I can put? They ask all these questions. But when it comes down to the minimums, while the insurance companies have certain minimums when it relates to how much insurance you're trying to buy and what it costs to provide that, we have to set floors as a company of what we're willing to help someone set up just because we it cost us, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars to help someone set that up. Right. And so from a compensation standpoint, it has we have to have a return on investment. If there's not a return on investment, so if someone's gonna set up a plan and it produce less than a thousand dollars of compensation to our company. We have to turn it down. Otherwise we're losing money to do business. Right. That doesn't make sense in any business. No matter what business you're in, you're not going to do something to lose money. If I want to give money to somebody, if I want to give a thousand dollars to somebody, I will write a check charity and give it. I love that. I, I and do that freely, but our business is not designed to be a nonprofit. Our business is designed to be a for-profit business. So my point to this, of bringing this up to you, Joey, which I, I want to use this to help people think when there's they're doing investments or, and they're considering opportunities, when things like what you just said get presented, oh, well, you could get in for as little as, and it's a really small amount of money, question the validity of it. Because there's no business out there, Joey, that is in the financial space with all the regulations, with all the... Um, oversight that has to happen with that, that they can do that deal for $50. Because if, if it's $50, that means somebody's going to do the $50 deal. I know you're not going to do the $50 deal, but somebody's going to do the $50 deal. There's right. no way that they can make money in that. They've got to be losing money at that price. So the only way that deal makes sense is if they're making money in spite of what you're doing. And that makes me highly skeptical. Well, good. Well, I hope you'll help me uh, skeptically do the due diligence then because well I just did it I just told you fifty dollar uh, <laughs> any investment that somebody is doing in that space that they'll say they'll let you invest in for fifty dollars I've immediately said no I don't need to go do any more research all right well then you're gonna miss out so I'll figure <laughs> it out and bring it to the house Okay. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system? 
Stallion. That's why we created the passive income operating system, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to wealthwhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared, though, for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. Continue on. I want you to continue on with the land, but I just want to make sure people know that's something that I'm looking looking into. Keep going. And I'm, I'm putting it on the record that this is a bad idea. Perfect. Go for it. <laughs> Speaking of land flipping business, you can get it for as little as $50. <laughs> you actually, I mean, I have talked to Mark, you know, he's talked about buying uh, properties. And I think that they've actually bought properties without actually buying properties, just took over the property. The person didn't no longer want to pay the taxes anymore. Right. But there's See? not as much regulation and oversight into that world. And it was one person, a virtual assistant that they paid $5 to do the due diligence on or whatever. That's a different, whole different story. But our land flipping business to me is one of the favorite things that we do. And we can't speak highly enough of uh, Mark Podolsky and his team or the company, the Land Geeks. And go to landgeek.com. They're a proud sponsor of the Wealth Wild Wall Street podcast. And they're the only sponsor because that's the only one that we've accepted. <laughs> we've had a lot of offers. But reason we love it is because they continue to produce revenue for us personally but also for the people who are in our community and we're sitting here looking every single month the number goes up we're gross over almost twenty five thousand a month and money coming from our land business and with cash sales it's over that and you know we're almost at eighteen thousand five hundred, joey in monthly income that came out of that land flipping business in november the only thing i'm mad about is that we just should have put more more money in there Hey, there's always room to put more money when it comes to buying raw land. And, and I'm excited to do that in 2023. That is something I'm looking forward to as well, for sure. Now, let's talk about potentially a sore subject, the short-term rental business. As you know, wakeupinbirmingham.com is our short-term rental business here, located here in Birmingham. We have a full-time operator. Um, by the way, amazing course that he's created for our community. If you haven't already checked it out in the community, you can do so join the community and it's, it's right in there, but wake up in Birmingham.com is an arbitrage model. We have gone and gotten leases in certain properties around town, gone ahead and then rented them on a short-term basis. And we make the difference. So when I say arbitrage, that's what I'm talking about. The, the money between what we owe on the lease and what we're able to get on a short-term nightly or, you know, weekly rate is, is obviously that's the difference. Now, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to jump in there. Can, can I, can I help you? One, you, you say go to the website. Let, let me just get, short change the, the process for you. If you actually want to get in the short-term rental space, because you're a podcast guest, we're going to give you a discount, drop a price from 2000 to $500. Go to worthwhilewallstreet.com forward slash STR course. Stallion. That's how people get there directly. There you go. My bad. My bad. No, I, should have, I should have remembered that. 
Uh, but but let's just talk about this season or this time. Is the STR business a good investment right now? Russ, what would you say? Well, let, let's go past, present, future. Okay. Okay. In the past, we have experienced enormous success, right? We, we've two x how much money we've put in there. And, and it's been a beautiful thing because we were able to hire an operator who learned how to run the whole thing. And we've seen it grow significantly over the years, right? We, this summer, we saw a month where we, we produced 30 something thousand dollars. It was amazing. Right. Now we're looking at November and we see that the numbers are barely above break even, right? So bringing it to the present. What do, I, what do I see now, Stallion, that I don't know if it plays into the future or not, but I think it does, is that we're in the winter months. When it gets cold, the short-term rental business tends to slow down, at least in Birmingham, right? Like In, again, our, in our specific application. Yeah, I, I think if you're in a travel-heavy area, it probably picks up, right? People go to the beach, they go to the mountains, all of that happens in winter months, but it's not happening for the people that we're traveling. We're our traveler here that we typically serve are people for ball, you know, ball games like um, volleyball and softball and soccer and those, those kind of baseball, those sports are not as heavy right now because everybody else has all the other things. So I think we're seeing a slowdown in the business there for one. And then two, I think that this has become a hot business. And so we're competing in the one and two bedroom space with a lot more people than we were a year ago, for instance. And us specifically in Birmingham are competing with people who got in because we had the world games here in town. And you had a lot of people who ramped up in preparation for the world games that are still in the market. Now they're slowly starting to fade out, right? Because they're, they, they didn't set everything up to run a business. They were just trying to take advantage of quick money, but all of that still impacts us. Now, future. Here's where I think about the future, and I'll let you jump in. I believe that the the area that we need to make adjustments in is that we are heavy in the apartment and condo space. And yeah. for our market, I think that that's a mistake. I think that's something that if I knew now, if I knew then what I know now, I would have said, oh, we should have 50% of our units in that kind of space because it's an easy get. And then 50% of our units should have been in single family homes, three, four bedroom properties. Yep. And and why do you say that? Because the data tells you that, right? Well, the data yeah. tells me that, but also knowing, like going back to my my brain of when I first, the first job I had at college, I was helping, I was working for a company called Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And that world was, you would think rental cars, you think travel, right? But 90 something percent of enterprise rental, enterprise rental cars were on the road because of replacement car wrecks and cars broken down. The, for us, we are right now in a hundred percent, almost the travel market. Because if mm -hmm. you think about a, a house that's being repaired, somebody new moving into town, all of those things serve houses. Those people don't want to move in apartments, right? Unless they already lived in an apartment. And so a family of three to six doesn't want to live in a one, two or three bedroom townhouse or condo. Not, 
not the not the people that would afford the price point that we're that we're at. Right. Again, it goes to you, you got to serve the market. So we're higher in units. So if you look at our stuff on wake up at Birmingham.com, you'll notice that our stuff is really, really nice. Like it is something that my wife will stay in. Yeah. Because of that, we can't charge the prices for the people whose maybe house is being repaired or are moving into town that they're they're not going to be able to afford that price point if they're willing to stay usually for a long extended period of time. So I, I think where we should have pivoted is we should have gotten three and four bedroom single family homes so we could be serving a more repair market, right? In addition to this, so that way we're never too too out of whack. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think there's also, um, and this is also something we led off with is we started with the arbitrage model because we felt like the market was so hot on the purchase side of things that we just didn't feel like it was it was the right time to buy. But now, as the market softens, and even as we just interviewed our friend Pace Morby on Creative Finance's Sub 2, I feel like we're really well positioned to take advantage of some potential deals where we could get in with no money down and take over somebody's 2 or 3% interest rate mortgage and own the asset. I think we, 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 we have the tax incentives and everything else that we don't have currently. It's basically arbitrage, except you're owning the unit when you do it that way. And I, I think that there's a lot of those properties out there. And so you're asking us, are we going to do it? The answer is yes. The problem is, is that we sign leases, right, on all of these other properties. So we have, for most of these properties, until July of 2023. So we've got, we got to make it work in those current properties, which is not nice. It isn't fun. So that's things, again, as you're, 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 you're thinking about what to do. If I'm going to get in the short-term rental business, is it still alive? Yes, it's still alive. It, just know going in that who you serve is important and don't get too heavily weighted in one area because if the market shifts in any shape or form, like it sort of shifted on us a little bit, we are, are not able to pivot as much as we want to. We will pivot. We will ultimately make it back. And we're, we're finding ways right now to, to keep, keep our occupancy at a level where we're not losing money. And if that's what we have to do, and then we, we start acquiring properties that give us that six to $800 a month per property profit by doing it, what you were just saying, I think that that's the next step for us. And, and we also have some bigger, bigger things that we're trying to think about in that space too, that maybe we'll be sharing uh, here in the next couple of months. Yeah. So Besides those items that we've just mentioned, let's talk a little bit about. So the ATM fund that we're in, it, there's really not a whole lot to explain, except that as we talked to our operator recently, which th this is just a, a best practice, right? If you're investing uh, with operators, you should be seeking them out to get updates. You should be checking in because the, the landscape can change, right? And you want to be informed. Now, they are, they, if they're a good operator, they're going to be letting you know. But you should also have these kind of once, once or twice a year check-ins and uh, make sure that things are going as you planned. As we checked in with him, uh, actually just recently, he said, this is a hot opportunity. Like the ATM fund is still producing consistent returns and, and doing very, very well. So just as a quick aside, but that's just continuously creating 2184 a month for us on our initial 
$104,000 investment in Will for seven years. Well, I, people ask us, hey, what is truly passive and what's not passive, right? The Most of the business ventures that we're in are not passive. Like we, we may be uninvolved, but yet we still have some level of management responsibility and we think about them because we have employees in those businesses. When we uh, go and research an investment, we go and talk to operators. It's still not perfectly passive, but they're responsible for running all of that stuff. And we have hands off. So something like a syndication, an ATM fund, those are the most passive things that we possibly could have because right. it, it either works or it doesn't. It, the, the bottom of this page, Joe, I don't know if you want to get in any details. I, maybe if you want to give us an update on what's happened with Cousin Eddie and, and with Hunter Unicorns. But I, I would say I'm just thinking to the future, right, on all of these areas, things that I want to focus on. I feel like we we definitely could get a lot more passive in our investing next year. And I think I really want to from this perspective. Right. We got so much stuff going that I feel like I've I've invested a lot of time and experience into things and I'm ready to to pull back off of that and allow some of the the gains <laughs> From that experience in time to start paying off. So I, I see us in the future investing in more passive areas. We have made some passive investments. Uh, we're just still in the first quarter of those. So those don't, uh, you Reflect know, usually you. in the first 90 uh, days, you have kind of a setup period. So you'll see some other investments that we've made recently. They'll start coming on the board here. But anything else you want to say about uh, either Cousin Eddie or Hunter Unicorns before we bounce? Yeah. So I'd, I'd say, number one, this is the first month that 100 Unicorns has made a slight profit. Or we're talking about $15. It's not anything to write home about. But the thing is, is this is small, consistent actions in the right direction will make a difference. And so we started some email campaigns. We started doing some more social campaigns to get the word out because we just basically had a dead list. It's just people that have bought from us in the past, but never really did anything in the future. And so in the other part is we're still in, um, you know, design as it relates to creating our own private label products for Amazon. Once that takes off, that's that's still a ways off. You know, that's going to be months of preparation, but um, that's what's kind of coming in the future. The second thing I'll mention is Cousin Eddie, the RV, as you know him uh, affectionately called. He, you know, we actually had a management company that... Um, had to, had to go out of business. They were not uh, managing it well. Um, Cousin Eddie was fine, but I mean, as far as their business as a whole, the marketing that they were doing, and, and they would really say the economy as a whole helped slowed down their business dramatically this year. And of course, I saw that in terms of the, the number of trips that were taken and things like that. So, you know, Thankfully, I actually really enjoy having a management company because it keeps me from having to maintain it in any way, shape or form. It allows me to, to make you know, connections with friends and family and people that want to, to have the experience but don't want to own their own. Um, and so I've found another management company and they've just started to rent Cousin Eddie again um, starting in December. So I will keep you updated on that. But um, yeah, as of right now, I would say it is, if it's done anything, it's broken even. It may have even lost a little bit of money over the time because I've had some repairs along the way. Hey, but, would you, uh, question is, would you do it again? I still, 
Yes, I would, because I still enjoy owning it for the freedom to use it whenever. Um, we have some big plans this year to use it multiple times. This past year has been rough on me health-wise, and we just didn't really get out and use it as much as I would have wanted or at all. Um, but 2023, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to using it again. All right. Well, man, thank you so much for, for listening to this podcast. Hopefully just something that we talked about today gave you um, insight to a, a decision that you're, you're working on. We are uh, looking forward to having everyone in Birmingham for the January 6th through 8th event. If you're listening to this before then, and you want to uh, be one of the, the people there to find your path to financial freedom, we have a few uh, tickets left. You can go to westwildwallstreet.com forward slash live. And there's a discount code for you since you listen to the podcast. It's podcast. Go figure, Joey. Shocking. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.